Hey, everybody. Luke and Tommy Barnett join us to promote our upcoming event, Strong Church. If you or your pastor uh, want to join, it's tpfaith.com. That is tpfaith.com. You can find out all the information for our upcoming Strong Church event, um, Strong Church Dream Conference, February 26, 27, 28, tpfaith.com. Check it out right now, tpfaith.com. In Phoenix, Arizona, it will be a game-changing conference. Email us, as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. Buckle up, everybody. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Noble Gold Investments is the official gold sponsor of The Charlie Kirk Show a company that specializes in gold IRAs and physical delivery of precious metals. Learn how you could protect your wealth with Noble Gold Investments at noblegoldinvestments.com. That is noblegoldinvestments.com. It's where I buy all of my gold. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com. Luke and Tommy, or I should say Tommy and Luke Barnett. Yes. I should get the order yes, correct, please right? please do. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Great to Thank be here. You. been so blessed throughout the years to call you both friends, and we've done some really fun stuff together, and it turns out we're just getting started. That's right. We have right. something really exciting coming up in just a couple weeks. Yeah. Dream Conference 2024, and uh, man, we have a great lineup this year. It's, it's a conference, really, that is about standing strong uh, in all the cultural issues at the same time how to show love and compassion to your city. And I think that's the great balance we're looking for is, you know, being a pastor these days is really kind of walking a tightrope a little bit. Yeah, big time. It's uh, balancing the, the love and compassion of Jesus with uh, holding strong to the, the justice and, and the truth of the Bible. So um, we talked about that this past Sunday in church, and we're talking about the Dream Conference as well. And uh, we just keep saying we can walk and chew gum at the same time. We can be strong in values and strong in compassion. So just kind of tell us, and by the way, anyone on the audience, there's lots of different URLs they could check out, tpfaith.com. I know is one way to get there. Um, and, you know, this is, this is an exciting time to do it. It's in Phoenix, Arizona in a couple weeks. Talk about the original vision, how this all came to be. Years ago in Davenport, Iowa, that's where our first pastor our church exploded. I went there and we had a 76 in attendance. And we started reaching out to people and nobody wanted. We reached the children. And I bought an old bus and began to bring them in. And then I bought another one. And then I bought 10. And then I bought 20. I had up with 47 buses bringing in people that a lot of people wouldn't even want to their church. And it, it created a firestorm. It uh, literally captured the city. We grew from 76 in eight years to 4,000 people average every single week. And it got so big that I invited a friend that we had a part in his spiritual life, Johnny Cash. And we filled the John O'Donnell Baseball Stadium with about 30-plus thousand people. And it was quite a story because he came by himself out. He brought his entire entourage. Um, he charged at that time $100,000 for an appearance, which was about 
45 years ago, oh, which wow. would be That's about like... two or 300000 it oh, would yeah. be now. And you know, he didn't charge me a penny. And he brought his entire entourage. He brought his family. And it really shook the nation up because Jerry Falwell at that time had the world's biggest Sunday school. Mm-hmm. And I said to Mr. Cash, I want you to come, and we're going to beat Jerry Falwell. <laughs> I loved him very much. He was a dear friend of ours. And we beat the Baptists that day. Oh, is that right? <laughs> and I always said, How many Mike, people did you have? We had over 30,000 people. <sighs> and at the invitation, we had over 6,000 people wow. come forward like a Billy Graham crusade and accept Christ as their personal Savior. W- was this in Iowa or is this in Phoenix? Davenport, Iowa. And so then your story is amazing. So you had 30,000 people come and 6,000 people gave their life to the Lord. Yes. Think about that. That's generations of believers now, right? So they might have had three kids and they four right. kids. And so we're talking about tens of thousands of people and their grandkids. Then how did you end up in Phoenix, Arizona? Well, that, that story gets better. I mean, Johnny Cash, he came and sang to the concert. And then my dad, you know, he gave the message and people responded. He came back again. Came back two years later, and by the way, he never charged me one penny. That's incredible. He brought six of those big trucks with the PA system, and I, I, we didn't even think about the PA system, but he, he brought it. And uh, just a wonder, I tell you, a wonderful man. He truly was a great man. Wow. A kind man. Wow. Generous man. Yeah, that's that's a side of Johnny Cash we don't, we don't always hear. Yeah. That's right. And so... But so then you, God calls you to the desert. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. I always wanted to go to a city that you could reach everybody and never reach everybody. I wanted to go to a city where you'd never fish it out. And when I heard about this city, everybody thought I was crazy because I was going from a church of 4,000 people to a church of 200 Wow. That had been. So you were in the Quad Cities. Yes. Major church. Yes. And they say, hey, come to this place. We're still, you know, air conditioned, still being introduced. Right? <laughs> True. Did they have it yet? No, just had, just got it. And oh, the city was booming. Because of the, uh, yeah, obviously. Yes. Yeah. And I decided, I want to go to a city like that. The future is ahead of it. We can reach everybody and still not reach everybody because the city was just growing. 100,000 sometime a year. And so 44 years ago, we came with 200 people. Wow. And it was Phoenix first at the time. Is that right? Yeah, that was on 3rd Street in about Osborne, 3rd Street in Monte Vista. Yes. And it started just with a community. And now it's, I mean, it's the, it's the behemoth of the valley. Well, he did the same thing here that he did in Davenport. They said you couldn't run a bus ministry here. Nobody would do it. It's more of a white-collar city, but what did you do? <laughs> well, we I looked around, and I saw a lot of little children running the street. Nobody was reaching them. So I thought, you know what, somebody's got to reach them. I decided when I came that I wasn't going to do bus ministry because it was very expensive. And it took about 500 people to really run a bus route uh, the way it should be. And it was very expensive, uh taxing and everything, but I saw the need. And we've always built a church upon finding a need and filling it. You can build the greatest church in the world by systems, and I believe in systems, 
But you can build a greatest church on just looking for needs in your community. Mm. So one day I got a phone call from a little lady. She said, I want to come to your church. And I, but I said, well, okay. She said, I have no way to get there. And I said, look, where do you live? And she told me. And I said, we got a bus route that runs right by there. You get on that bus. And she said, I can't do that, Pastor. Oh, I said, sure, you can, Mama. Get on that bus. <laughs> and she began to cry. She said, you see, I'm in a wheelchair. I have no legs. And it really touched me. I'd found a need that nobody was fulfilling. Hmm. And every time I find a need, I get excited because of this opportunity to do something for God and go someplace that wow. nobody's ever gone before. Hmm. So I said, you know what? I'm going to find a way to get you to church. And one day I was driving down the road and I saw a bus. It was a different kind of bus. The driver jumped out, ran around, opened up a door, pushed a button, and a lift went up. And they rolled out a little lady in a wheelchair. And she looked like Queen Elizabeth on her throne. <laughs> and they pushed the button and down it came. And I said, you know what? I'm going to get me one of those. I love that. I went to the board and they agreed to get one. And we ended up with eight of them. And every Sunday morning we brought them and we didn't put them in the back of the church. The Bible said when you have the need, you put them on the front. Amen. And we filled the whole front with the people that were in the wheelchairs. Mm -hmm. And I noticed when I spoke that morning, a lot of people were sobbing. And after service was over, I said, you know, these wheelchair people make a lot of noise. They're crying. And the usher said, no, it's not them. It's your church that was very class conscious, who was so touched that mm -hmm. they were weeping. Wow. And a revolution in our church. And we built a church on finding needs and filling them. That, that led us to the human trafficking ministry mm -hmm. and over 250 we're, we're ministries that we reached out by finding needs and finding hurts. And that is, and that, that is Christ's intent for the church, Amen. to be the ecclesia. So let's talk just more about the event. Uh, it's a really great opportunity for uh, believers across the country. Does, do you have to be a pastor to attend this event? No, pastors are encouraged to come and bring their teams. Really, that's the value of this conference. It's very inexpensive to come. And honestly, it's a big show and tell. It's so practical uh, that we want to show you exactly you know, how to find needs in your community and, and fill those needs, find the hurts and heal those hurts. Um, so every uh, session is very practical. We also have uh, breakout sessions that are taught by the people in our church who are not on staff, but they're just leaders. They're leading these ministries. So the the real value for your church is bringing lots of people because they'll get a hold of a of a ministry and start it. In so your church. walk through what is what is a, a, the schedule without too much detail. What what does it look like? What what can people expect if they come to Strong Church? Yeah, it all Dream begins uh, at six thirty on Monday night. Uh, Pastor Jensen Franklin is our guest speaker. But before it even begins, we have what we call the parade of ministries. And uh, we have about 175 ministries of our church represented by 3,000 workers in our church who will parade across the, the stage, you know, carrying their sign with all their workers. And it takes 30 minutes to get all the people across the stage. And it's just a real uh, visual of uh, what can happen in a church when every member becomes wow. a minister. And, you know, we always say that's our job as pastors to equip the people and send them out to do the ministry. Mm -hmm. 
So they get to do the fun stuff. You said 175 ministries? Different ministries. Give, and, yeah. you, and you will love it because those thousands of people that come across while we're worshiping, yes. the worship team, and some of them will be in wheelchairs, some will be in motorcycles. And they must be so excited to have the chance to be honored, right? Oh, That's right. They're waving. Uh, they're they're throwing stuff in the audience that relates to their ministry. Uh, I mean, it's fun. The people are laughing. Let me tell you, pastors, they have the notebook and they're writing down all the different ministries that make up this church. And many of them say that after the prayer to ministry, they could go home huh. and it'd be worth it all when they write down 175 ministries. Because when someone comes to us in the church and says, here's a need. Then we say, why don't you develop a ministry on that need? And so when they do, we make it a part of our church. Wow. So everybody is a minister. We we teach that to them. So so give me a taste of, uh, you have the anti-child sex trafficking ministry, right? We do. You have the uh, homeless recovery ministry. I'm just going off the top of my head. But 175. We have Thrive Ministry, which is uh, the state's largest uh, ministry for kids who are aged out of foster care. We have a whole campus for them wow. now. Uh, we have ministries, uh, the, the basic ministries like men's ministry and women's ministry. We have a ministry up in Colorado City where the infamous Warren Jeffs, you know, false yeah. prophet. You guys have done such amazing Decimated stuff a city there. Well, that city's being revived now. It's, it's coming back uh, because of the gospel there. So really, you can get trained in the basic ministries uh, of the church, but there's new ideas and, and new ways to reach your city that— uh, some people have never thought about before. I'm going to just list off some of the speakers, obviously. Uh, Luke Barnett, I'll be there. Jensen Franklin, Jack Hibbs is coming, which we're excited about. Tommy Barnett, uh, John Amanchukwu. Uh, we have Riley Gaines uh, attending. Yeah. Uh, Jurgen, uh, Seth Gruber, Frank Turek, and Angel, and many more soon to be announced. So we're looking forward to that. Um, tpfaith.com, you guys could check it out. I'm Adriana, a politics major at Hillsdale College. Here's Hillsdale President Dr. Larry Arn with a Constitution Minute. America's founders recognized an obvious fact of life. Human beings differ in terms of physical attributes and talents. Because of this, some people will be better at some things than they are at others. But they also recognized that the tall and the short among us, the swift and the slow among us, are still human beings if we are recognizable as human beings. And therefore, we are equal in terms of the rights that pertain to human beings, rights attached to human nature, rights that come from God. The Declaration of Independence names three of the big ones, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Exercising these rights is necessary if we are to be truly free. In our own time, many influential people believe that only government can decide what our rights should be. This is dangerous. Understanding our rights and how the Constitution protects them is vital to our freedom. To learn more and get a free pocket constitution, visit constitutionminute.com. We just had an email here from Deborah. Charlie, this really touched my heart so much because I haven't been able to go to church for almost three years because I'm in a wheelchair. I call churches and they say I can watch online. That is not the same. God bless the Barnetts. Oh, oh good. That's awesome. Isn't that beautiful? Wonderful. Yeah. So, so, we, we'll pick her up if she's I don't know if she's in, in Phoenix. If she's local. <laughs> but uh, hey, we actually might be able to connect. I'm going to respond and ask where she is because we have a network of pastors. Right. So maybe we'll be able to find someone that could pick her up. Everyone deserves the right to be able to go to church if they want to go to Amen. church. I believe that um, if we can't accomplish that very big, ba- it's not the same watching it online. It's that's just not right. The same. So you have 175 ministries. Either one of you talk about Freedom Night. Uh, this has been a really fun thing we've been doing together. Mm-hmm. I think we have one. Is it tomorrow? Tomorrow night. Oh, wow. I lose track of time. Special guests. 
Yeah, that's Miles Rutherford, <clears throat> yes. right? So, Luke, talk, would you consider that a ministry? It's almost kind of a ministry, but... Absolutely. Okay, so yeah, talk about that, because I think it's a great model. So, it was it three years ago that you and I met? <laughs> Isn't and that amazing? I, we were just coming out of a big event where President Trump came to our yep. church, and I called you and said, this is what's on my heart, and you yes. immediately knew what to do. It was on your heart as well. It was. So, we collaborated, and uh, we launched Freedom Night in America, and we, every month, the first Wednesday of the month, we have... One of the great outspoken um, Christian or uh, at least uh, conservative. Yeah, I think everyone except Dennis Prager has been Christian, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, well, James Lindsay we had too, but I'd say almost everyone's been Christian. Yeah, yeah but they're speaking the to the issues yes. of our day. And what it has done for our church is it's, it's brought into our church, first of all, people that would have never come. And uh, a lot of these people aren't even church-going people, but they're, they have conservative values. And they're yes. like, hey, there, there's a church here that's standing up for what I believe in. So it's really helped to grow our church. And uh, what it does for our young people is it gives them ammunition to go into their schools, uh, into their communities, and just talk with great relevance about what the subject is and what they're dealing with. Yeah, and do you have a thought on that, Tommy? I'm just saying that when I first met you and I heard you, you really touched me because for years we did a lot of what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I remember when we were having the uh, the Vietnam War and people were calling policemen pigs and everything yeah. else. We had what we call Stand Up for America Sunday. Wow. We brought the United States Army Band in. Oh, I love that. Uh, we actually recruited people. We had a recruiting right on military. for the military. and nobody, that that's courage. Yes, sir. And, and people were not even registering people to vote and we did that and i think we were the first one in the nation to do that and i even brought military on tanks tanks and everything (laughs) and the next day it we were on the front page with kids climbing all over the um, the tanks in our church so we've all another sunday we had policeman sunday and we invited all the police to come and dress in their uniforms that day and uh we preach on honoring the law of the land. And by the way, I never did get a ticket from that day forward in the city. <laughs> a speeding ticket. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so let's let's dive into that, and this will be a deeper conversation, because Dream City Church, you have 175 ministries. The first thing is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And you've done such a great job. And, you know, some people will criticize Dream City, but I don't. it falls flat because you guys do such great work. But they say, why do you guys have to be political? Why, I'm sure you've heard this. Mm-hmm. Either one of you, I mean, going all the way back to the Vietnam War, that, sure. that's more courageous than anything we've done together, mm-hmm. by the way, bringing out <laughs> tanks in the midst of the anti-war protests. Luke, start the conversation. How do you begin to respond to that when people level that objection? Micah 6.8 is a very important verse. Micah 6.8 simply says, the Lord asks the question, what, what should we, do I request of you? And the Lord said, I want you to do justly, I want you to love mercy and walk humbly with your God. Three things. Yes. That's what he wants of the church today, to do justice. Uh, there's, only one, there's only one voice when it comes to justice and fairness in the world today, and that is God and God's Word. So all that we are doing is we are trying to be the, the, the thermostat for the culture. The, the culture is supposed to read the thermostat. So if there's chaos in the culture, it's because a church has set the thermostat way too Great. low. Okay, And so we're saying that we're, we're not going to compromise on the Word of God, and the Word of God speaks to every issue in our culture today, and we're going to stand on that. Now, if that gets into what some people call political issues, abortion and things like that, 
that that's the world come that's the culture coming into our domain and taking those issues and making mm-hmm. them political but they are the the word of god speaks to that at the same time so if you're carrying a balancing bar you got you got justice and if you're all justice you just are mean. You're gonna be. A, you're not gonna have a heart. Yes. So you gotta have mercy That's as well. well. Said. Yes. You have mercy as well. Compassion and reaching out. It's hard for our. It's hard for our city to criticize our church. You know that's why I'm saying when they look so silly when they do that. Yeah. Because of how you go so over the top of how you help your neighbor. Please continue. Yeah. So it's it's hard for the city to really criticize our church. We had a board meeting last night and we gave out 1.6 million meals. Last year, as a church, you gave out 1.6 million through our Dream meals. Center, through our outreach. That's just, our is, is that country. Phoenix and LA mainly? That's only Phoenix. Wow. 1.6. We housed, free of charge, 900 people throughout the year, housing for them throughout the year. That's just one church. Uh, we've rescued over 5,000 young ladies from human sex trafficking and young men now. How many? Over 5,000 since wow. 2013. And that just here. It's the largest human sex trafficking organization in North America. So I think that if a church can have a balance of, of mercy and compassion and loving kindness for the community, yes. but also holding to the truth, you know, uh, we're, not, we're not called to be parakeets just parroting what the world tells us. Yes. We're called to, to speak the truth and stand by the truth and have mercy. Yeah, our, our God is a God of order as well as love and forgiveness. Tommy. All you have to do is look at the history of the church in America. It was the men of God, the pastors of the church, that set the thermometer. Government leaders came to them, asked for advice. They were the ones. And we today have compromised. Really, we are just like what we're doing is we're not changing. We've always been here. And the world's been here. Now, the world was moved like this, but the tendency is for the church to move with it. Mm. We're just as far now from it as we were, but it just keeps on moving until there's no standard. What we're doing is saying we haven't changed. We're just going to stay right here for freedom. If you come, this is what we believe in, and we're going to stand for the truth. So we, I agree. The Bible said we're the head, not the tail. The Bible said that we are to transform our society not to conform to it, but we are to change it by the renewing of the Word of God. Mm. So, really, we're really doing what the Bible says, what's supposed to be. And as the church deteriorates, so does society. Yes. We've got to stand. Mm. And uh, that's what we're trying to do. There's never been a conference like this one is going to be because we have the church and we have what we need to do is culturally your part, and we're coming together. And I want to say that the pastor, who is really smart, is a bring the one that brings all of his staff and brings the leaders in his church to this conference because they'll go back and change their world hmm. by being here at this conference. It's a, it, we've been doing it 44 years. Talk about some of the, the wins you've seen in 44 years of this conference. Just... Yeah, well, there's every year churches are planted in cities all over uh, when we several years ago when we began to share about the dream center idea we had one dream center today over 300 dream centers wow. worldwide and those that's a result of people coming to this conference getting an idea getting a dream and saying i can do that in my city yeah. so uh, that's that's a big one right there so so tommy you remember a time where government wasn't as big and the church was the social safety net 
Mm-hmm. And that's and we could always do more, but I hear 1.5 million meals, mm-hmm. 900 people housed. I think that as government has grown, it's given the church, some churches, an excuse not to do their job. Mm. Would you agree with that? I would agree to it. And the scripture says, when the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So what the church has had to do now is to build a society within a society. There's a time that we could send our kids Mm. to public school. But when they took Bible reading and prayer out of it, it was a start of where we are right now in the mess that we're in today. So what did we have to do? We had to build Christian schools. Mm -hmm. Because I can tell you right now that you send a kid to a public school, and especially to a college, Mm. and it's a 70% chance that when they come back, they'll no longer be the values of the church. And so what do we have to do? We have to build a society. So we have a college in our church today. We have three different schools, and one of which you are a great part of. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have to build a society. Now, we, we cannot live a monastic life. that no. we, are, we are of the world, but we don't have to be in the world. But we have a place where we, young people can come, gymnasiums and places, and they can gather together and be strong and go out now with a strong faith and reach others for the gospel. I love that. Hey, everybody. Charlie Kirk here from the New York Times bestselling author Eric Metaxas comes a riveting new film, Letter to the American Church. The film explores the parallels between 1930s Nazi Germany, Mao and Stalin regimes, and the infiltration of cultural Marxism in America today. The church's decision to stay out of politics undermines the very message of the gospel and its power to transform human existence. Metaxas issues an urgent call to the church, stay silent and abandon the mission of proclaiming liberty or stand up to the forces of evil. Join Eric and me and many others in the film as we explain how America and the church are at the precipice of destruction and the need to wake up and take action. Do not miss this film. Stream it February 8th on Epoch TV as part of Epoch Times. Visit lettertotheamericanchurch.com. That is lettertotheamericanchurch.com. It's very well produced. It's terrific. It's Letter to the American Church. We confront wokeism. We confront critical race theory. And we talk about what you, the believer, can do. Go to lettertotheamericanchurch.com for more information. So, Luke, uh, some people are saying there's a growing Christian movement where they say uh, we're not in the world, we're not of the world, we're not of the world, we're just happen to be here, and we shouldn't really care about politics, Mm -hmm. is that it's just divisive, it's Christian nationalist. How how should we think about this? Well, I I completely disagree. In fact, we have begun a brand new ministry in our church called the Civics Ministry, and we are actively right now, we had 125 people show up night one of the ministry, and we are doing our best to make sure that we get young people informed and middle-aged people running for school offices, yes. school board offices. And uh, we have we had an elected official win in Carefree uh, this past year, uh, a very important uh, position there. Amazing. So we are doing our best to get our people on the ballots and so that we have, uh, you know, righteous people, people who, who love the Lord leading our city. So uh, we feel completely different about that. Um, the reason why... Um, you know, the, you know, the Bible says, Paul says in Romans 13 that that the rulers should be godly rulers who make their decisions on right and wrong, good and evil, based on the Bible. Yes. Okay, when that doesn't happen, you have chaos because everybody else has their idea of what's fair and just. And when all those ideas collide, 
you have a you have a nation of chaos. There's only one rule maker, the Bible says, and that's God. And and people say, well, that's unrealistic to think that we could ever go back to that. But we're going to try. We're going to do our best to get the right people in these positions to lead our state. And some people will say, but it will torpedo our church that people will stop coming and stop attending. Have you found that to be true, either of you? <laughs> well, you know, when we took the stand, and by the way, when you came to our church and began to speak into our church, it changed the city. Well, thank you. Our schools today are changed because right. you stood up at the Night of Freedom and say, go, go as a, to the school board, stand up and be kind. That's what we talked about. Yes. And by the way, you merit that so good. You're strong, but you're generous and kind to people. I, I, I try. It's not me. It's the no, Holy Spirit. I know it is, but <laughs> I, I appreciate that with all of our heart. And uh, so we, we, we've got to take that stand. We've got to do it. But I've often said people may dislike us because of our position, but they never should dislike us because of our disposition. Mm. We can tr- speak the truth in love, but let's speak the truth. And it has not drawn people away from our church. We are in the greatest growth in our church mm-hmm. wow. in 44 years. We're reaching people that before we could never reach. You know, it's easier to reach the poor than it is to reach the affluent people. But That's affluent, so interesting. Yeah, tell me why. That's... The Bible says the poor you have all the way with you because they have needs. Yes. And they want help and they're reaching out. That's but fascinating. The rich many times think, well, as the scripture said, they said, I have need of nothing. And there's never been a revival in a nation that was prosperous. It's always been a revival came when they were in poverty or war or famine, but never when they were prospering. Yes. And it's sad. I wonder if what's going to take to bring America back to its knees and back to God. That, that is the truth that people don't always want to hear, is yeah. that it might require a lot more suffering before we get on our knees. I'm going to read this. I, sent, I texted this to you this yeah. morning. Uh, one of our listeners said, Charlie, my son and I recently visited Dream City Church for the first time. I had tears spilling down my face through the entire service. I just want you to know that your interaction with this place found me a new home to worship our God and be with other like-minded patriots. It's not political, but it's founded in truth. I saw all races and economical and social barriers broken. It's beautiful what you guys have created. That's, oh. that's heaven, right? That's what heaven's <laughs> yes. going to be like. Uh, a nonstop di- worship party. With different people from different backgrounds all worshiping together. And let me just say this. I have found that it's had the opposite effect in our church. When um, when we simply uh, held our word, you know, in 2020 and yes. Trump came. Tell that story. And, I could tell it from my perspective. Yeah. But. Well, my perspective is uh, we had just met uh, a few weeks earlier and your organization w- leased out our facility and you said, oh, by the way, President Trump is coming. This is in the midst of COVID. In the midst of like COVID. the heart of COVID. Not only that, but the summer of love. Yep. You know. The, a lot of protesters, a lot of people. I mean. Rioting. Ten- tension was high. Yes. And so right. you expected me to say, nah, we're not going to do I, that. I got a phone call from Angel, and I was with my team. <laughs> and I was so used to a pattern of behavior. I said, I said, I bet they're canceling. I, yeah. I showed up the caller ID. I said, here's the cancellation phone call. And Angel was like. We're so excited. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me tell you something. The, the, the best way to get me to really stand up is to try to bully me. Yes. I cannot stand bullies. So I just said, we're, we're not going to be bullied out. I was getting all kinds of hate mail and stuff. 
So we went through with that. We just kept our word. You know, my dad's raised us to be people of our word. So we're not going to participate in cancel culture. So that happened. And then we were still kind of closed down after the event. We had a lot of our staff got COVID. <laughs> and so um, but they, they got better, you they know, got natural antibodies. Yeah. Exactly. So we, uh, we closed down for a couple of weeks when we came back. Um, that's when I called you and said, we're going to do this. We're going to, we're going to have freedom night in America. We collaborated. So we communicated to our church and what we found was, yeah, there were some carnal people who just said, I don't want to be, be a part of this. And they left. But they were they were not influencers in the church, and they were just people who just you know they just want to kind of dip their toe in the gospel. And um, but what we found, Charlie, was that there were people who were movers and shakers in our city who were not yet Christians, but they appreciated the stand that we took, and that we we wouldn't compromise and just be canceled. So they began to come to our church, and we just saw everything explode overnight at our church. We're, we're Right now we're building three buildings at the same time, you know, uh, three different campuses. Wow. And we couldn't have done that prior to COVID. It only happened because of our strong stand and people want a church that will stand for something, that will stand for what's right. And so we're, we've gotten strong, patriotic people in the church. And yet you just read the email. It's a multicultural church, yeah. black, white, yes. red, yellow. We, we, and people who have multimillionaires sitting next to people who are still trying to get off the streets of their dream center. Like I said, it's what heaven's going to look like. Yeah. Amen. And it's, please, Tommy. Well, let me tell you what he did. Luke actually stood up and punched the bully in the nose, bloodied his nose. And you know what? When you do that, he goes away. Mm. Since that time, we've had nothing but peace, Wow. And it's wonderful to be able to stand up and preach the truth and not worry about losing people because we're bigger, we're stronger, healthier than we've ever been in, in our life. And right now, I want to say this to you, Charlie. I was watching television the other day and they were discussing the power in the Republican Party. And they pointed out that the strongest one, the strongest voices, the strongest was probably Charlie Kirk. Oh, boy. And I tell you, we appreciate you so much. Oh, thank you. You're really changing our city and our nation. And uh, we're behind you, and we're praying for you, too, every day. Because the higher you go, the lonelier it is. That's right. The higher you go, the colder it is. The higher you go, the more criticism you get. That's why you need our prayers. But look, stand strong. Thank you. Because God's using you greatly. And my dad always told me that he doesn't want anyone praying for him who won't fight for him. So we're we'll, praying for you, and, you. We'll fight. and we'll fight for you. That's very touching. <laughs> and um, you're right. The, the higher you go, it's also sometimes harder to breathe. So, yeah. uh, you know, you, you know, sometimes need. So uh, l- let me ask you guys here. And by the way, thank you for that. That really touches thank me. You. I want to spend our time remaining uh, for some people in the audience that don't yet know the Lord. And mm. just let's talk about that. Uh, you know, who is Jesus Christ? Amen. Well, Jesus Christ is everything to me. I mean, he is um, the one person that changed my life, that gave me hope, that gave me vision for my future. And, you know, knowing Jesus Christ, um, it's, it is not, it's not a religion. Religion's so boring. Religion enslaves people. Religion is really no fun. It's, it's relationship with the Lord, relationship with Jesus and uh, when you meet him, when you experience his love, when you experience his forgiveness, 
and uh, and then you get a hold of his purpose for your future, it truly is a game changer. And, you know, knowing Jesus is, is very simple. He did all the work on the cross. You know, the, the work has already been done. That's the big difference in religion and Christianity. All the other religions of the world have a, a do factor. You got to do, 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 do. And still, you never know if you've done enough. You, so you live with uncertainty in life. With Christianity, of course, the work has been done by Jesus on the cross. We put our faith and confidence in him. Apart from our works, we gain salvation. Apart from our works, it's all through the grace of God. And honestly, just knowing Jesus is as simple as understanding that we are flawed, we are sinful, we can never, ever forgive, be forgiven of our sins on our own. We can't work at it. It's only through the grace and the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on the cross. And knowing him is as simple as acknowledging that, that I'm flawed, I'm messed up, but there is one who loves me, and the, the currency of his blood can pay for my sins. So um, when someone comes to that realization and comes to the end of themselves, and they uh, ask for Jesus Christ and his work on the cross to forgive and atone for their sins, it's a new day. The Apostle Paul said the old goes away, the new comes. It's a, it's a brand new day. So I would hope that anyone who's listening uh, would make that decision today because it truly is uh, the most important life-changing decision of your entire life. And you know, it's so simple. The Bible said if we will confess our sins, just say, I'm a sinner, I failed, I need you, God, forgive me, that he's faithful and just to forgive. And if somebody's watching this program today, I'd encourage just to bow their head and say, Lord, I've sinned, I'm a sinner. Today I give my life to you. It's that simple. It costs a lot. Luke said it. It costs his death. The work has been done. It's yours by just acknowledging that Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead, and he's alive, and you accept him as your Savior, and it's done. Thank you guys both for everything, and God bless you, and everyone who wants to check it out, tpfaith.com. Final thoughts or plugs for Dream Conference? Yeah, please come. Please bring your team, and come with great expectation. The final night of the conference, we go on the side of the mountain, on Prayer Mountain, and we write down our dreams on pieces of paper, and we drop them at the prayer pavilion. And all year long, our prayer team prays for your dreams uh, all throughout the year. And so many dreams have been ignited. Jurgen Matesius yeah. had a dream for five campuses. On the side of the mountain, God gave him a, a dream for 12 campuses, and they have, I think, 10 today. So it's a place where dreams are ignited. Yes. Well, God bless you both. Yes, really quick. People like Jensen Franklin. Yes. He was just a, a beginner starting, and he attributes the great church that he has to the conference. And that story's told over and over again. I love it. God bless you both, guys. You too. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Email us, as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. Thanks so much for listening, and God bless. For more on many of these stories and news you can trust, go to charliekirk.com.